presented by XFL2K.com with your host, Tron Hawkins. Welcome to This is the XFL Podcast. I'm your host, Tron Hawkins. Um, I just got back in from vacation a couple days ago, so I figured I'd make this podcast. It's about the first four summer showcases. I grouped them all together. The first uh, part of the show will be about the Texas ones. I'm just going to look them together. Uh, the New York and then DC ones. Uh, some interesting names on here. Uh, some familiar names. So that's kind of what I'm going over. Just a little, just a little hit, just hitting a couple players. I'm um, actually more than a couple. There's a good bit of players on here, but I'm not going to go in full de- detail about them or anything like that. First guy I'm going to talk about is Landry Jones. To me, he's the biggest name on the list. Um, he's kind of a what I I think he's going to be kind of like Maddox was in the first XFL. I think this guy has all the tools in the world to be a MVP in this league, especially the first season. And plus, he's known for being under Bob Stoops. Um, Landry Jones was the backup of the Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford's last year in Oklahoma. Surprisingly, Bradford got hurt. Landry stepped in, and then he was quarterback there in 09, 10, 11, and 12. Uh, he had his ups and downs, uh, but they always finished, you know, double-digit wins, like always. He also broke their eight-year BCS bowl game losing streak against Connecticut in 2010. But, yeah, he looked good against good opponents like Tulsa and Florida State in 2011, uh, but then lost teams like Texas Tech, and then uh, after A&M, Lost, I mean, uh, lost to Baylor, Oklahoma State. So when he played, you know, pretty good teams, he kind of kind of went down a little bit. Um, but be, they beat the Iowa Hawkeyes in a bowl game that year. But they always was winning Big 12 championships under him, or at least a share of it. He was a good player in college. In college, he completed 1,388 of his 2,183 passes uh, for 16,646 yards, 123 th- touchdowns, 52 picks. Yeah, he was good, and, and he was drafted – to be um, the long-term backup to Ben Roethlisberger and maybe even supplant him. He did not. Jones made his debut in the NFL, replacing Andrew Michael Vick, helped them come back and beat the Cardinals that uh, that year in 2015. But he only started five games in the NFL, completing 108 of 169 passes for eight touchdowns, seven picks. So even in the NFL, though, he never got really a chance. He was even in camp with the Oakland Raiders this year, just trying to get Antonio Brown acclimated with everything since he used to throw to him at Pittsburgh. But nothing major. That's why Landry Jones was in the showcase. I think he uh, is a perfect player for this league. I think he's somebody that we thought about, especially when um, – I know I thought about him when um, Bob Stoops got hired for Dallas. So I think he's a good, a good quarterback for this league. Now, like I said, I think he has what it takes to be the MVP um, of the league come 2020. Uh, the next guy I'm talking about is somebody with some character issue, and that's Trayvon Boykin. Great college career at TCU. He threw for 10,000 yards, uh, 86 touchdowns, 37 picks, and he was a, he was a stud for TCU. He finished fourth in Heisman voting in 2014. He got the Frogs at number three in the rankings and was 12-1. and They beat Ole Miss in the Peach Bowl, 42-3. That TCU team was supposed to be the team, the team that got screwed out of the uh, first college football playoff. Um, with Oklahoma or Ohio State, uh, but they went on to destroy Ole Miss in the Peach Bowl. Um, he was selected offensive MVP of that game. His problem was off the field, though. Um, he got arrested for DUIs and like that in college. Here's a backup for Russell Wilson. They're supposed to be in Seattle, but he got cut, signed to the practice squad, and then on uh, March 27, 2018, he got released in the wake of domestic assault allegations. You know, 
classic 2016 Alamo Bowl. He was arrested for um, a bar fight. 2017, he arrested, you know, possession of marijuana, public confiscation. 2017, he arrested for, you know, possible violation of his, of his probation. And then in 2018, a report was made that he broke his girlfriend's jaw in an altercation, altercation the previous week. That was that domestic violence. So he has a history, um, but we know some of these guys are going to get a second chance in the XFL. So I don't mind it. Um, I know it's not the greatest looking in the world for the league, but everybody deserves a second chance. There's going to be a second chance league. Um, like I said, they worked them out. Uh, a lot of these guys, I think, has already made the league. They're going to be in the draft. Why not take a, a, a flyer on a guy like Trayvon Boykin if you miss out on Landry Jones? I think Landry Jones might be the first pick in the draft. You know, we don't know who the other quarterbacks are yet. But I, don't, I wouldn't mind. You know, Boykin could be a kind of like late stab uh, for a team, and he's got the skill set. To succeed in this league, I think, like I said, you know, he's just trying to get a second chance uh, in a league. He might not be the NFL, but I mean, he if he's done his time and he's gotten better over the last year, year and a half, going into two years of the league, why not take a chance on a kid um, that's still fairly young? Uh, the next guy's a uh, defensive uh, player. That's Coney Coney Ely. Um, he played at the University of Missouri. He started ten games for the Tigers, two thousand twelve, scoring thirty seven tackles, ten sacks. Two and a half loss. You know, as a sophomore the year before the 2014 draft, uh, he was given a third-round grade and if he'll draft advisory board. Following his breakout junior campaign, Ely was projected a first-round pick by numerous outlets, including Panther general manager Dave Gettleman, with some projecting him as top-ten selection. But he ended up going second round to the, to the Panthers. And I feel like with the Panthers, he never really got a chance to be great. But in Super Bowl 50 against the Broncos, Ely tied the Super Bowl record and set the Panthers' preseason, uh, postseason record with three sacks, composite, and only 23 total snaps. He also recorded an interception for fumble in the game, uh, but they lost 24-10. Ely became the first Super Bowl in, uh, first player in Super Bowl history to have interception, multiple sacks. Uh, he was first player since 93 to record multiple sacks, interception, and a forced fumble in a postseason game. He tied Reggie White and Donnell Darkett for most sacks in Super Bowl with three. So he came up. He came up when they needed him most. In 2016, though, Ely only played played all 16 games. Only started six, recorded 32 tackles, five sacks, and interception. He traded to the Patriots in March 10, 2017, along with a third-round draft pick in the NFL draft, and the Patriots' second-round draft pick, um, where he was weighed um, five months later. Uh, the Jets picked him up um, in the week four win over the Jaguars. In 2017, he recorded his second interception after battling a, batting down a pass of Lake Bortles. He was, again, signed with the Cowboys and Raiders as well, but waived. Total regular season, he had 15 sacks, two picks, five force fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. But now he's here in the XFL. Um, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's a, a bad thing for him to be here. Um, this man was in a Super Bowl uh, NFC winning team. Uh, he went to the Super Bowl and he dominated that Super Bowl. And we know that defense going to be a big deal um, in the XFL. And I you know, I think somebody um, like Moss in LA or something could see him as a as a as a difference maker and getting him on his on his team come draft time. Um, so I like I like I like that he's there, and I think it's uh, I think it's a good pickup. Um, I think it's a good signing. I think it's a lot a lot of people didn't see coming, but I recognize the game, the name, so. Um, the next guy's a name that I ain't heard in years, and that's Robert Meacham. He played his college football at Tennessee. He played for the Saints. He was drafted in the first round of the draft. He also played for the Chargers for a year. Uh, this guy, this guy uh, was no joke. Um, he's a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl forty-four for the Saints. Um, first team All SEC, first team All American, two thousand six. He is probably the oldest player I've, that I know of so far that's tried out, or I'm sorry, that's been in a showcase so far. Uh, when I seen his name, I was like, wow. 
Robert Meacham. I ain't heard that in ever. Where has he been? But yeah, he he, he was a good player. Uh, I don't think he got enough credit. He had 178 career receptions, 27 touchdowns, uh, had 118 first downs. He has been in trouble before for unpaid child support and stuff like that. In 2018, Meacham was in your call football. So now here he is. And I, like I said, you know, he was on the Saints twice. He was with the Chargers for a year. And he's a former Super Bowl champion. But he kind of busted for the Chargers because they paid him way too much money than what he was worth. In 2013, though, and 14, he really didn't do much. And he kept trying out, you know, he, he, he played for a team called the Richmond Rough Riders in 2018. But here he is in XFL trying to make it back again. And I think he is uh, one of those guys that is trying to get one last hoorah. And I don't, I don't mind it. Uh, he's a wide receiver. They're going to be important in this league. It's going to be an offensive league. I think he's a guy that could put up some numbers under the right system. You know, if he can find the right coach... I think he it could do him wonders. Um, and like I said, I was a big fan of him um, in college at Tennessee, even though I was a Georgia fan. And I was a big fan of him for the Saints, playing you know alongside Marcus Colston and some of them guys and winning the Super Bowl. So yeah, I think it's a good pickup. The next very premier name is Christine Michael. You know, I believe in a lot of second chances in this league, but this guy's had a good bit of chances even in the NFL. He was drafted, uh, he played his college ball at Texas A&M. He played there for 2009, 2012. He was a freshman uh, freshman of the year for the Big 12 Conference. Um, but he started getting hurt in college, and that's kind of where it started. Uh, he was selected in the second round, 62nd overall uh, by the Seahawks. Um, he saw limited action as the third running back behind Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin. He technically won a Super Bowl with them over the Broncos, Super Bowl uh, 48, and made an appearance in Super Bowl 49 against the Patriots during that time. Uh, Michael traded the Cowboys on September 6, 2015 after the Seahawks signed uh, Fred Jackson in exchange for Michael the Seahawks received a seventh-round pick. The Cowboys added him for depth behind uh, from where DeMarco Murray left. He was inactive the first three weeks. Michael played in five games as a backup. He was way to make room for Robert Turbin of the Cowboys. Uh, Michael was signed to the Redskins practice squad. He was released in December 2015. He just never got a chance. But he kept signing with teams. He signed with the Seahawks again. When he first came back with the Seahawks, he rushed for a career-high 84 yards against the Browns. He also rushed for 102 yards. Against Arizona two weeks later, he started a playoff win against the Vikings. In 2016, Michael signed a one-year deal with the contract uh, with the Seahawks. He had a career game, 106 yards and two touchdowns against 49ers in Week Three of 2016. On November 15, 2016, Seahawks released Michael, even though he had been their starting running back for seven of the ten games. It was due to the return of Thomas Rawls and Burton's of CJ Prusas. Michael played off waivers by the Packers in November 16, 2016. He resigned with them on a one-year deal worth 800,000. But then he was released a few days later. Uh, I'm sorry, like a month later. Then he signed with the Colts, and then he was released again. He just kept getting released. Um, he only started nine games, had 254 attempts for 1,080 yards, seven touchdowns. Really didn't do a whole lot. Um, he kept getting cut, released, played good, cut, released. He only had three like really good games. The rest of them was kind of mediocre. Um, but he's a guy I think could find a chance in a wide-open league like this. And I think it's a good signing for the XFL uh, to get as many, I won't say names, but guys that people know. Speaking of running backs, people know Lance Dunbar, Dunbar is next. Lance Dunbar played at University of Texas. He ended up playing for the Cowboys. Dunbar finished his uh, career in college with many accomplishments um, at North Texas. He's the leading rusher in school history at 4,224 yards. He's first in career touchdowns with 49. First in all purpose yards with 5,375. Tied with Patrick Cobbs where 100-yard rushing games with 21. First in career point score with 294. First in rushing touchdowns with 41. Second in rushing attempts with 782. First running back in school history with three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. 
second running back in school history with two consecutive 1,000-yard rushing seasons. Dunbar is in, inducted into the North Texas Hall of Fame in 2016. Like I said, he played with the Cowboys. He was more kind of like a pass-catching back, but he was also behind Marco Murray a lot and Joseph Randall. So he didn't really get a whole lot of playing time in in, 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 in NFL, but I remember, I do remember him. He he was kind of like a change of pace back when he was in there. He had eight receptions for 70 yards in a couple games. Like He had some big catches. Um, against the Falcons at, uh, in 2015, he had a 10-catch, 100-yard game. So that's kind of like where he was coming from. And we were talking about Swiss Army Knife running backs is going to be a big thing in the, in the XFL. I could see him being that type of guy. And I could see him being a very useful kick returner, punt returner, ball catching back uh, for an XFL team, maybe even Dallas and Bob Stoops. So I think Lance Bonnebar is a sneaky player to keep an eye on. I don't think a lot of people notice that he had a tryout, but I think he I think he's a good person to keep an eye on in the XFL. Next is Tanner Mang- Mangum. XFL 2K told me about this guy. He was at the Houston uh, tryout, so he's he's seen him. Um, and I think he might be a guy to keep an eye on, too. He um, played for BYU. Uh, he entered uh, 2017 undisputed starting quarterback. They lost to LSU and Utah in the first two games. But he he, he threw over 300 yards in a lot of those games. Uh, threw for 250. He tore his Keeleys, though. In his senior year, however, Magnum completed with a, competed with a highly recruited freshman, Zach Wilson. It was announced that Magnum would be start quarterback. But he kept not doing great. But I think he's a guy to keep eye on. Uh, like I said, XFL 2K said he was just killing it. Um, at the uh, at the tryout, he was in a couple bowl games. BYU though, uh, he he broke um, freshman records while he was there. He had three hundred thirty uh, thirty three hundred seventy seven passing yards with twenty three touchdowns, ten picks that year. He broke, uh, including he had a three hundred sixty five pass yard passing game against UConn. Um, he won freshman of the year by touchdown club of Columbus. So I mean, other than you know, Tony's Keeley's not having a great senior year, he he can put up some numbers. I think he's one of those sneaky guys that could get drafted and beat out a bigger name on an XFL team. The last guy from the Texas so- showcases I'm going to talk about is Zach Mettenberger. Um, he used, he did play for the AAF, um, play for the Titans, uh, Chargers, and Steelers. <clears throat> he was SEC champion with LSU in 2011. I kind of feel bad for him, though. Uh, when he was in the Titans, he actually did really good, um, I thought. He started Jake Walker and Whitehurst for a few times, and I thought they actually had a really good future with him, maybe. They just kind of built around him, but instead they took with the number two pick in the draft, Marcus Mariota. I remember a lot of the Titans players being upset that they took Mariota because they liked Mettenberger that much. At LSU, he completed 407 passes. Uh, for 407 of 659 yards passing for 35 touchdowns, 15 picks. I mean, he's efficient at LSU. Um, like I said, he was drafted by the Titans in the sixth round. I thought he had a better shot. Um, in 2015, uh, due to injuries to Mariota, he threw for he played in seven games. For he passed for 935 yards with four touchdowns, seven picks. Um, also rushed for a touchdown. I mean, he he, he I thought he was, I thought he was better than what he really was. Uh, I mean, for how he got treated. Uh, 2018, Mettenberger signed with the newly formed American Football Amer- Alliance for American Football, Memphis Express. And every 27, Mettenberger was drafted by the Express in the fourth round of the 2019 AFQB draft. He opened the season behind Mettenberger and Brandon Silvers. He really didn't do much, though. Mettenberger replaced the injury reserve on March 18th. Uh, professionally, all-time, including the AAF, he completed 244 of 399 pass attempts for 15 touchdowns, 15 picks. But... I think he showed enough in the NFL that he could be a good player um, with the right coaching staff and stuff. Like I said, a lot of the Titans players I remember was angry when they drafted Mariota because they thought Mettenberger was going to be the guy and they could maybe build around him and use a different pick 
um, on him, or on a different pick to help him out. And so they took Mariota, um, and he was kind of never the same after that. Um, I think he has a good shot at making a, a extra team, maybe as at least a backup. Uh, but I wouldn't. I mean, you know, a team's gonna build everything else up uh, before quarterback. I, I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me if Mettenberger um, beat somebody, maybe be a start quarterback, kind of like uh, I talked about Boykin earlier, and even Tanner. There's some good young quarterbacks that's out there, and I think this is one of them. Um, like I said, he might not be a quality starter, but when somebody gets hurt, he might come in and win the XFL championship for somebody. Um, I think he's that good. I think he could have done that for the Titans as well. Next, I'm going to be talking about some guys from the New York Showcase. Uh, the biggest name there was Akeem Nix. Um, he's one of the only guys so far that in the showcases that not only has won a Super Bowl, but was also a first-round draft pick. He played in college. He played in the ACC. Um, played with North Carolina. He was a big. He was a stud there. He was a stud in North Carolina. In the 2008 um, Monarchy Car Care Bowl, he caught eight passes for 217 yards, with three of them going for touchdowns of 73, 66, and 25 yards. And one of the catches in the game was a candidate for the greatest catch of the year. At North Carolina, he had 181 catches for 2,840 yards and 21 touchdowns. His longest was 83. Uh, he was considered to be one of the top wideouts in the 2009 draft. He drew comparisons to Heinz Ward and Clem Bolden. Butch Davis, who was his coach in North Carolina, even went on to say, compared him to Michael Urban. The Giants was indeed to replace wideout Pesco Burris, so they selected Knicks in the first round, 29th overall. In his career, the Giants, though, he had uh, he won a Super Bowl with them in 2011. They won the Super Bowl. His career with the Giants, he had 350 catches, 5,081 yards, 31 touchdowns. Um, and then with the Colts, I mean, that's with, that's with the Colts and uh, with the Giants. Um, he spent 2009-2013 with the Giants, 2014 with the Colts, and went back to the Giants for a couple of games. Super Bowl champion, NFC champion, NFL alumni, wide receiver of the year in 2011. Ranked number 90 out of the top 100 players in 2012. Offensive rookie of the month in 2009. Most career receptions in North Carolina history until Ryan Switzer broke it. Uh, most career touchdown receptions in North Carolina history. He's a stud. And uh, a lot of the media was surrounding him um, at the New York Showcase. This was kind of a homecoming for him. I could see him being a star in the XFL. Especially if he gets under one of these offensive-minded coaches like um, Stoops or Jones or Tressman. I can see him not only being a, a good player in the XFL, but maybe him an MVP candidate and maybe a guy that could maybe break back through to, into the NFL uh, from the XFL. The next guy I'm going to talk about is Buffalo's all-time beating running back, Brandon Oliver. Oliver played his game at the State University of New York at Buffalo. Uh, he set the school record for career rushing yards, breaking a record previously held by James Starks. Starks actually had predicted that Oliver would break his record. He and his career with 4,049 rushing yards and 33 rushing touchdowns. He played for the Chargers. He's kind of like a third-down switch army, switch army knife kind of guy. He even played for the Salt Lake Stallions in the AAF. He didn't get a whole lot of playing time for the, for the Chargers, but he did have a couple good games here and there. Oliver finished his rookie season with 582 rushing yards and four touchdowns. With that, he got hurt. Melvin Gordon got drafted right after that. But he's a guy I could see, again, coming in and being a all kind of jack-of-all-trades kind of for running back and just showing that he can catch the ball the backfield and stuff. And I think that's going to be important for the running backs. It's going to be kind of hard, I think, to run the XFL. It's going to be a passing league, and they're going to need running backs to catch the ball. And I think Brendan Oliver is a perfect candidate to do that. Uh, next guy I'm going to talk about is Joe Callahan. He's a small school guy. He went to school at Wesley. He won the Gagalierdary Trophy, which is considered the Heisman Trophy for Division Three. He played backup for the Packers. Mike McCarthy loved him. 
he played backup for Hunley when Aaron Rodgers went down with injury. But when Rodgers came back, they kept cutting him, put him on injury. They kept cutting him, bringing him on practice guard, cutting him practice guard, bringing him up, cutting him. Um, he jumped around to the Eagles and Buccaneers. But I think he's one of these small school guys that could be a great quarterback in the NFL. Um, he only had seven attempts in the, in the he had five completions of seven on seven attempts for eleven yards in the NFL. But he's a small school guy. I think he's the type of guy that can come in and just show out, even though, even though people not normal fans are not going to know who he is. I can see him being the type of guy that comes in from the small school and lighten it up in the XFL. And I think he deserves a chance, considering if somebody like Mike McCarthy likes him, then he's got to be pretty damn good. Um, that's how I look at it anyway. The next guy is one of my personal favorites, and it's Dexter McCluster. Um, he played for Mississippi. He was a stud at Mississippi. He was full of highlights. Uh, he he set two school records against Tennessee for rushing yards in the game with 282 and all-purpose with 324. In his final game at Mississippi, he ran for 148 yards and threw his only collegiate touch, uh, pass of his career in a 25-23 win over then-nine-ranked LSU. He rushed for 1,169 yards on 181 attempts his senior year and had 44 catches, 520 yards, and 12 total touchdowns. That made him the only player in SEC history to run 4,000 yards and rush for 500 yards in a single season. At Ole Miss, he had 304 carries for 1,955 yards, 15 rushing touchdowns. He had 130 carries on top of that for 1,703 yards and 7 touchdowns. He was projected to go to the second round of the draft, and that's where he went. He went 36 overall to Kansas City. He had the longest punt return in Chiefs history with a 94-yard return. He scored his first rushing touchdown in the NFL. In 2011 season, but then he got cut and just kind of jumped around. He played with Argonauts um, and even the Massachusetts Pirates. Him playing with Argonauts, I heard he was on the list. He, he was advertised that XFL to be at Showcase, but he wasn't really on the list. I don't know what was going on with that, so I hope he got I hope he got to because I like Dexter McCluster. Uh, he's a good punt return guy, kick return guy, exciting player, kind of exciting player XFL needs. Again, another one of those Swiss Army Knives kind of running backs. I think they're going to see a lot of in XFL. The fact that he played for the Argonauts means he's seen by Jones and he's been seen. That means he's been seen by Chessman. So I could see him being a, a force in the XFL if just give him the chance. And hopefully he gets one. I hope all these guys get a chance to – which if, the way I see it, if they're in the showcase, it's not really a tryout. It's just a workout. I, I think a lot of these guys have already been signed, to be honest with you. The last guy I'm going to talk about from New York is Andre Williams. He was a finalist for the 2013 Heisman Trophy at um, Boston College and 2013 Doak um, Walker Award winner. He was drafted by the Giants um, in the fourth round 2014 draft. Like I said, he was sensational in college. But he didn't really find a, you know, a lot of chances in um, in New York. I mean, that happens for a fourth round running back like that. But I could see him again. He was kind of a he was kind of a a bigger guy. He's kind of like a sledgehammer. I could see him being like a goal line kind of guy in the XFL. But you know, like say if it was if you're going for a one point conversion from the two, he's gonna be the type of guy you hand the ball to and let him do that. I think he'd be a great player for that kind of thing, and I think we're going to see specials like that in XFL. So Andre Williams is a guy to keep an eye on. Um, even the XFL advertised him. He's a big old boy, and I think, like I said, you know, even a two-point conversion from the five, hand him the ball and let him just bulldoze it up in there. Um, his career stats in the NFL, he only had 332 attempts for uh, 1,090 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, and that's as of 2017. He only played like two or three years in the NFL. But, you know, at Boston College, he was a big deal. Like I said, Heisman Trophy finalist, Dope Campbell Award winner. So I, I could see him 
Uh, and he became only the 16th player in NCAA history that rushed for 2,000 yards, and he finished career ranked fifth all-time in rushing yards in a single season, 21, uh, 2,177. This kid's a stud. He just ain't had a chance yet. And I hope he gets a chance uh, in the XFL on one of the teams. Uh, watch out for Andre Williams in the XFL at running back. Uh, the next guy I'm going to talk about is Jacoby Ford. He was a wide receiver and return specialist. Um, he tried out in D.C. He was taken in the fourth round of the 2010 draft by Oakland. He was an accomplished track and field athlete. He played college football at wide receiver and return specialist for Clemson Tigers, where he competed in spinning events. Sprinting events. In the NFL, he was widely regarded as one of the fastest players in the league. He was one of the top 100-meter times by NFL players. This is the kind of guy that I think can take advantage of the kickoff and punt return rules. You know, like the kickoff and return rules, he has until, you know, somebody catches it. Until, you know, they have until they catch it before the defense or kicking team can take off. I think he could outrun everybody. Well, that's why I think he's perfect for this league to be a return specialist. He's played in Canada, so, you know, um, he's been seen by a lot of these coaches. Um, he played in the NFL some, mostly as a kick return guy. He had a 101-yard kickoff uh, for the Raiders against the Browns to, um, in 2011. Um, and that's still their record for the uh, Raiders franchise. Um, he only had 57 catches uh, for 848 yards and um, three touchdowns in his career. But I think as a kick returner or a punt returner, I think he'd be perfect for the league. So this guy I was going to talk about with me, Jalen Marshall. He played Ohio State, and he also played for the Orlando Apollos. And he was some of the Jets undrafted free agent. But he got busted today for PEDs and got suspended four games for the NFL. So I don't know how that's going to work out for the XFL. So I don't know how that's going to, I don't know how that's going to kind of hold over. He was one of those guys where I received and kick return. His career in the NFL, and he had 14 catches, 162 yards, and two touchdowns, and had 424 uh, return yards. He scored the first ever touchdown in AAF history, though. Um, he's a good wide receiver, but the PED suspension, I don't know how that's going to hold over uh, for the XFL. We're going to have to kind of wait and see on that or see if they even what they're going to do about it. This guy is Marquise Williams. He played quarterback at North Carolina. He's played for the Atlanta Legends, San Antonio Commanders, Jets Cross Toronto Rough Riders, Green Bay Packers. In college, he completed 624 of 1,018 attempts uh, for 61 touchdowns, 25 picks. So he was good in college. He was signed uh, as a free agent uh, by the Packers on 16th cut, signed with the Rough Riders. He also signed the Commanders and stuff. In the AAF with San Antonio, he completed 25, completed 25 or 34 passing uh, for a touchdown and no picks. So, but this kid's got, he's a big kid. Um, he did good in college. He's a uh, two-time second-team All-ACC. He had good numbers in college, 61 touchdowns, 25 picks, pretty good ratio. He had five catches, 106 yards, and three touchdowns in his college career. So I can see him being a decent, you know, quarterback, you know, for for a team in the XFL. A lot of these guys just need a chance to prove that they can do something and prove that he they belong um, in the league. Last guy I'm going to talk about, he also played in the AAF, and that's Dexter McDougal. Um, he's a name a lot of people heard of. He was picked in the third round by the Jets, 2014 draft. Uh, he played in college at Maryland. Um, he was drafted, like I said, uh, in 2014 draft, but he tore his ACL. And he got weighed to down 16. He signed. He got traded to the Eagles. He played with the Saints, Jaguars, Lions, Eagles again, and then the Arizona Hot Shots. Um, he's he he had in the NFL 18 tackles and two pass deflections. But we're gonna need a lot of cores in the league. And this guy was a, a name. Uh, Dixon McDougal was. Uh, he's a guy recognized. Um, we're gonna need defense in this league. So why not give a guy a chance that you know might have had a good career in the NFL, but he got hurt. And after you know, once you get hurt the first time, you kind of got that you know. Injury label, 
on you for the rest of your career. So I can see him maybe doing some good work. I mean, he bounced around place to place, but he got signed for a reason. Um, so why not give him a chance next NFL? So I appreciate y'all listening to uh, some of the names that I liked that was in the Summer Showcase. The next episode I'm going to be doing, L.A. and Seattle. But I want to cover these first four and kind of talk about some of the big names. And I think there's some really good names out there for this league. Um, I think there's going to be a whole lot more good players come cut down time come September. The draft's going to be a whole lot of fun, and 2020 is going to be fun as well. Thank you for joining me. Check out XFL Board. Check out XFL2K.com. Check out our Discord page. Join us. Talk to us. uh, Get to know us. Uh, and join the community. It's a great community that we're in, and I appreciate it, and good night.